السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيد المرسلين محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين أما بعد Welcome to our session of refinement of the soul We'll start with some of the recitation of the Quran أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم أتأمرون الناس بالبر وتنسون أنفسكم وأنتم تتلون الكتاب أفلا تعقلون واستعينوا بالصبر والصلاة وإنها لكبيرة إلا على الخاشعين الذين يظنون أنهم ملاقوا ربهم وأنهم إليه راجعون صدق الله العظيم Previously we had discussed how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala addressing the Bani Israel told them to remember the favors that he granted to them and if they fulfilled the promise Allah will fulfill his promises to them and that it is only Allah that they should worry about and fear and then come in, in regards to the rules, the first thing, and we discussed in detail about belief and bringing belief in that which Allah has revealed and not to be a hypocrite in bringing those beliefs into belief completely and properly. The next thing Allah Ta'ala had mentioned uh, is that don't mix uh, falsehood with good. Uh, don't mix the uh, good with falsehood. And some ulama have mentioned in other verses when this, uh, it's when, when in other places when this verse is mentioned, it refers to don't mix iman with shirk. Don't mix the pure tawheed and oneness of Allah with ascribing partners or ascribing things to Him or things to others that are exclusive to Allah Ta'ala. So, in that sense, the second verse, meaning verse number 42, is interlinked with the verse number 41 in that your iman should be pure and pristine. The next major command is establish salah and give zakat. Establish salah and give zakat. And this is relating to action. In other words, iman must be cooped up with a'mal. Your belief should also have actions as well. Belief, uh, Islam is not just theoretical, but it's also practical. Along with theory, you must have practice. And it's not simply believing that is sufficient in order to please Allah Ta'ala and to gain ultimate success. But rather, along with belief, you must practice in the dictates of deen, the ibadat and the commandments that Allah Ta'ala has ordained. So that is the, the, these are the main two commands Allah has given the Bani Israel and for us to take lessons from that number one, Belief, belief in Allah and all the tenets of faith as well as proper, pristine, pure belief not cooped with any shirk. And number two, actions and how we should uh, act upon the deen and fulfill the commands of Allah in accordance to the sunnah of Rasul Along with that, the next verse is also interlinked. It's also connected to uh, this command. Allah Ta'ala says in verse number 44, which we recited today. Do you command people with goodness and you forget yourselves, whereas you recite the book? Don't you understand? So this is very important and very interesting that 
what would happen is some of the Bani Israel, the scholars, they would command others to do good and they themselves wouldn't do. They would command others to do the injunctions commanded by Allah but they themselves would not. So Allah Ta'ala is now reprimanding them saying that listen, you simply believing is not enough. You must carry out good deeds, carry out not just good deeds but those deeds that have been commanded by Allah to you. You have to act upon those as well. Simply relaying the message is not enough because what would happen some of the scholars of Bani Israel would say you know that I am I do have the proper iman I have not mixed it with shirk and uh, I, I don't compromise my deen and I relay the message to everyone so though I may not be able to do or able uh, I'm not doing all those actions that Allah has commanded at least I relay the message and convey it to the to the masses and to the people so that should be enough because Nabi Sallallahu also says this too we have a hadith as well Nabi Sallallahu says Ad-dalu al-khayr that a person who indicates towards the good is as if he's done the good himself so this notion obviously is widespread as well that if I tell someone else to do good then I'll also get the reward of it as well so Allah Ta'ala is reprimanding that here saying no you don't forget yourself you not don't just advise others but uh, you must carry it out yourself as well. At the same time, this also does not mean, or we'll come back to that inshallah. So for the ummah of Rasul we can easily take a lesson from here that Allah has gifted us, some of us with knowledge, and alhamdulillah Allah has gifted us with those audiences that are ready to take that knowledge from us. So this is a great bounty of Allah. And for bounties, we know the general rule is if you're grateful to Allah, Allah will grant you more. So the way I've understood it is that if you convey the message and act upon what Allah has commanded you, then Allah Ta'ala will give you more ability to have more people to reach out to, to be able for them, for them to benefit from you. So we as preachers, as da'is, as people who are doing good, as community helpers, whatever it may be, in whichever way we are helping the deen, we should not forget ourselves. Just like we will invite others to deen, don't forget to make your dhikr that you connect with Allah Ta'ala. You have to do that for yourself as well. Right? Just like I tell others to pray, I should also pray. Just like I tell others to make tahajjud, I should also make tahajjud. Just like I uh, try to act upon the sunnah or, or, or tell others to, people, others to follow the sunnah, I should also as well. That's why we've always seen that a preacher who does not have the apparent sunnah attire be it the beard or the dressing or the pants above the ankles and uh, you know the, his actions in his actions for example praying his sunan his nawafil making tahajjud doing adhkar reciting daily quran tilawa then the audience that he reach out, reach, reaches out to they also observe when they see that the sheikh is not doing these things first of all they uh, lack importance in that subject that the sheikh will deliver secondly uh, which is again they don't consider it uh, important and secondly they may not consider that sheikh competent they may not consider the sheikh uh, such uh, a worthy sheikh to take from because he's telling us what to do but he himself is not following the dictates himself or it may be he's giving us certain advices but other advices of Nabi wasallam we don't see in his apparent lifestyle so you know he's uh, incomplete in his uh, be, not belief but in his uh, um conviction of the sunnah his conviction of Allah's commands otherwise why would he leave such commands out this is why when we as preachers or anyone 
who is indicating others towards good, we need to make sure we are doing good ourselves as well. We are commanding, following the injunctions as well. To coming to, coming to another point, this also does not mean this also does not mean that we leave advising altogether. If I am committing a certain sin or a certain wrong, it doesn't mean that I stop advising others and I don't uh, advise others or when I see someone doing wrong, I don't stop them or when I know something, I don't convey it and I don't tell others. That's not what it means. That's not what it means at all. Rather, it's a, you know, it's a warning for those who aren't doing and for those who are uh, you know, doing good deeds, it's it's a reminder for them that don't con don't forget yourself in advising others. You should also continue carrying out the deeds yourself as well. And we know in 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 the effort of of da'wah, they tell us that when you are doing dhikr and then you relay the message to someone else, this will have more of an effect than a person who does not do dhikr. Because the reality is dhikr, for example, or ibadah, for example, connecting to Allah, this creates that nur and spiritual light within us by which the next person gets affected. It's not the apparent words and my, the words that come from my mouth that affect the person, but it's the effect of the ibadah, the connection that I've, when I drew from the arsh of Allah Ta'ala, the, the nur and the radiance from the arsh of Allah through by means of the dhikr, by means of the recitation of the Qur'an, by means of the different acts of worship. Now when I deliver the ne to the next person the advices, it's that nur that's affecting him. It's not really the advices. That's why you'll see many a time a person uh, is so well educated and well articulate that he advises a people with some, uh, for example, religious advice. But it doesn't have as a, as much effect as the regular sheikh or imam who maybe cannot be so articulate but is giving the same advice maybe with broken English and maybe not even delivering it as proper as he is able to but to the best of his ability he is. You'll see that that sheikh has his advises, uh, advi advices uh, have much more of an effect and this is because of the dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Allah Ta'ala reprimands us and then saying, Afala ta'aqilun, can't you understand this? And right before that also he says, you forget yourselves, whereas you recite the book. So this was, even though it was for them, it's also again for us too that you have knowledge. And, and this is something that Allah has blessed us as those who live in America. Allah has blessed us with knowledge and the, the ability to, to learn as well, the ability to get an education. Many of our elders did not have that opportunity. And, and, and we do have that. We have that opportunity to learn the deen of Allah, to learn the translation of our salah, to learn basic translation of the verses of the Qur'an. So Allah's, this it becomes a proof more against us that I gave you the, the, the tawfiq and the ability to actually learn the deen of Allah. Then you also forget yourself. How can you do this? Can't you understand? And in the next verse, Allah Ta'ala says, وَاسْتَعِينُوا بِالصَّبْرِ وَالصَّلَةِ And seek help by patience and prayer and it is verily difficult upon those uh, upon people except those who are fearful and who are they they are the ones who know who believe that they will have to meet their lord and to them they will return inshallah these verses uh, will be inshallah go, uh, discussed tomorrow um, because uh, we have a long hadith today inshallah and these verses also need some detail Continuing our ta'aleem of the work that is, you know, 
the next chapter is the blessings and favors of the Barzakh and we've been discussing it the past preview, uh, previous hadith. The next one is a very beautiful hadith. عن أبي هريرة رضي الله تعالى عنه قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم والذي نفسي بيده إن الميت إذا وضع في قبره أنه سمع This is actually خفقة the خا even the book says حا so إنه سمع خفقة نعالهم حين يولون عنه فإذا كان مؤمنا جاءت الصلاة عند رأسه والزكاة عن يمينه والصوم عن شماله وفعل الخيرات والمعروف والإحسان إلى الناس من قبل رجليه فيؤتى من قبل رأسه فتقول الصلاة ليس من قبل مدخل فيؤتى من قبل يمينه فتقول الزكاة ليس من قبل مدخل فيؤتى من قبل شماله فيقول الصوم ليس من قبل مدخل فيؤتى من قبل رجليه فيقول فيقول فعل الخيرات وما يليه وما وما يليها من المعروف والاحسان الى الناس ليس من قبلنا مدخل وفي اخر الحديث فيعاد الجسد الى اصله من التراب ويجعل روحه من في النسيم الطيب وهو طير اخضر تعلق في شجر الجنه اخرجه ابن بشيبه والطبراني في الاوسط وابن حبان في صحيحه والحكم والحكم والبيهقي Subhanallah, very, very beautiful hadith uh, from Abu Hurairah radiallahu ta'ala anhu. He says, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa says, I swear an oath in the name of that being in whose hands my life is. In other words, Allah subhanahu I swear by Allah. When a deceased person is put in his grave, he hears the footsteps of the people when they leave him. If he's a mu'min, then his salat comes and stands at his head side, his zakah at his right side, his psalm fasting on his left side, his good deeds, his piety, his ihsan, in other words, being good and kind to people, they stand by his feet. If the if it comes to him, and here referring to punishment, if punishment comes to him from his head side, his salah will say there is no entrance here. If it comes from his right side, his zakah will say there is no entrance here. If it comes from his left side, the fasting says there's no entrance from my side. And when it comes on the side of his feet, then his good deeds, his piety, his compassion to people and everything, all these other good deeds, they come and they say, listen, there's no entrance here as well. And then in the hadith, it stated that then his body is returned to its original state of dust. And this is the case with the, uh, the author's writing. This is the case with the majority. Some bodies remain in the same state in the grave. And then the hadith says, his ruh, his soul remains lying in a gentle breeze or the arwah tayyibah meaning in the form of a green bird in the trees of Jannah subhanallah so this shows that when a person does good deeds in dunya and he does his salah properly and he gives his zakat and he fasts and he's good and kind to people then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uses those actions to protect him in the grave uses those actions that when punishment is going to come and come to him and surround him from different angles Allah ta'ala uh, uses the means of these actions to protect that person subhanallah and we know also Allah Ta'ala has given again I'm mentioning this again given us this prescription of Surah Mulk that when we recite Surah Mulk then Allah Ta'ala by means of that Surah Mulk will protect us from the punishments of the grave in the same manner in these difficult times uh, the, uh, many hadith are mentioned 
in order to uh, remove or uh, uh, to 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 remove the anger of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, then we have to spend also spend in the path of Allah Taala. Give some sadaqa, give some poor's due, some charity, and by this means it removes the anger of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. Under this um, hadith, the author he gives a little commentary. He says. From some ahadith of Sharh al-Sudur, it is stated that the ruh soul enters the grave with its body. And from this hadith, we find that the ruh goes into Jannah in the form of a green bird. The explanation of both is that the ruh soul goes with the body in the grave. Then subsequently, it is taken into Jannah as is apparent from those ahadith mentioned in Sharh al-Sudur. Or the ruh entering the grave with the body may mean it has a strong connection with the body. As it is said, I am sitting here, but my heart and thoughts are somewhere else. After some time when the body decomposes, this connection decreases. By the way, we've also done another hadith, how the actions come as a very beautified, dignified person. And the person asks, who is this person? Who are you? And he replies saying, I'm your actions. So it's very really important how you beautify your actions. Because one is praying salah. And, you know, I, even though my son is only seven years old, I always tell him about his salah, you know, because he up and down, up and down, run around like, a, you know, it comes in the hadith like a chicken pecking, quick, 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 quick. So this should not be the quality of our salah, because our salah will come to us on the day of judgment in the form of a person or an angel to protect us. But if our salah is weak, then the salah will not protect us. If the salah is weak, then it will not protect us. It will not come in the form of an angel to protect us. That's why we have to, in order to make our salah strong, we have to do it with sincere sincerity, and we have to do it slowly, fulfill all the rules and regulations. Otherwise, it comes in another hadith that a person who does not perform their salah properly, that salah becomes a, 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 a curse against him in the sense that the salah, because every salah goes to Allah Ta'ala, but this salah is not worthy to go back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That salah gets thrown back in our faces like a dirty rag is thrown in our faces because the salah was so useless. So that's why all of our actions, salah, even when we're giving zakat, when we're fasting, we should do it with sincerity and do it as proper as we can and connect with Allah ta'ala by means of the salah. The salah is a discussion between me and Allah. It's like a communion, private discussion between me and Allah. It's the time where I should be most humbled. It's the time when I should think in my salah that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is right in front of me. He's giving special attention to me. At this time, I shouldn't worry about who's calling me, who's texting me, or I need to finish this quickly, or fumble with my beard or my hijab, or look around, or you know, be mindless and heedless. In other surahs it's mentioned, هُمْ عَلَىٰ فِي صَلَاتِهِمْ سَاهُونَ uh, Allah Ta'ala, He reprimands those people who are forgetful in their salah. Uh, uh, and Allah Ta'ala says basically, these are the people, uh, in reality, though they are praying, they are unmindful of their salah, they are only praying to show off, or only praying for show. And this is in Surah Ma'un, you guys, everyone knows the Surah, Al-Ara'ita Alladhi Yukadhibu Biddin. So Allah Ta'ala reprimands that type of action. That's why we must correct our actions. Uh, have sincerity in the sense that when I'm starting, I say uh, the dua that I re recite before is what? Inni wajjahtu wajiyalillah. In other words, I turn my whole body, soul, my mind, my attention, my direction only to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
and 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 when I say takbir tahrim, I raise my hands, right? Takbir tahrim is what that takbir where you're making haram. In other words, you make everything haram, you make everything prohibited besides Allah's dhikr, Allah's mention, Allah's remembrance. You, it's as if when you're putting your hands up, you're throwing the whole dunya behind you, and your hands are facing forward. In other words, now you're forward, you're directing yourself to Allah subhanahu wa taala, no one else and nothing else. That's why it's called takbir tahrima, making everything else haram. And when you tie your hands, Allahu Akbar, oh Allah, I've forgotten everything. Now you are the greatest, you are the sole objective. And this is the objective of life that we should attain, that we should aim for, and that we should make our objective permanently. May Allah Ta'ala give us tawfiq. Please do not forget your Yaseen Surah Mulk. Make sure you do your Adhkar. And inshallah in the future we will start as we've done all the time when we had this majlis, the 99 names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So I would implore everyone to start learning them inshallah subhanahu wa ta'ala. May Allah ta'ala give us tawfiq. May Allah ta'ala keep us safe and give us good health and uh, give us life with iman and life with Islam and death with iman. Ameen. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.